your favorite comedian, Anthony Rogers, live in his tour bus, yeah. But also, you need to get a beard like this. People have been talking. They, they said your shit looks whack. It looks weird. They can't tell your pronouns. You need, you need to get a beard like this right now. And the only way to do that is by using luxurious bastard beard oil. Great smell, great function, great everything. Just get this. And there's directions on how to use it if you know how to read. But use the link in the description. Go to the website. Use promo code LEGENDARY. Get a discount. Do it. Thank you. Boom. I'm Dennis with the Anthony Rogers Show podcast. My question for you is, what would you do if you became president to help the working class? Well, you know, the, I think the, the principal thing right now is housing. That the price of housing is uh, is going up, and it's beyond the reach of mm -hmm. most Americans. Along with oil and America. gas and food. Yeah, yeah. inflation mm -hmm. is is hurting everything, and inflation is more complex. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm going to stop inflation overnight. What I can say. Mm -hmm is that I'm going to stop the, cause, the long term cause of inflation. I'm going to unravel a war machine. I'm going to reduce dramatically health care costs by ending the chronic disease. Welcome back to the best podcast in the universe. Uh, sorry about my terrible lighting. I don't know what's going on. Um, we, have a, we have a huge guest, though. Uh, Hypnotized Minds. Uh, he's a 3 6 Mafia. He did an album with Jelly Rolls. New album right now uh, with, with just, that just came out. Uh, from all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, Lil White. How you doing, brother? Doing good, brother. How you doing? I got three albums with Jelly Roll. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I knew you had two. I mean, I, I saw that. I well, saw that. Other one, two, and then we did the Snow album back uh, with BPZ back in uh, shit like twenty twelve, something like that. Okay, I didn't know about that one. I knew the, I knew the one and two because I like the album cover with the split face and stuff, man. And like some of the songs, are, that's crazy how big that dude's like the biggest artist on on earth right now. And you, you got you got two albums. That's crazy. He's dude. He's the. <laughs> it's so funny because I've done some. I've done a few interviews like just since you know, and of course I'm you know every interview Jelly gets brought up. Of course, that's my brother. It's, it's just, just it's, it's crazy. Well, you know, Jelly and me started you know rocking twenty years ago. Like me and Jelly met, I want to say in like '05. And then he went to jail. And when he got out, he hit me up, you know, and I, I went out there and fucked with him. And that's when he he did no uh, deal or no deal, the mixtape. And uh, shit, we, he ended up getting like four or five shows booked down in Florida. And man, we went down there and just shook it. He was opening up for me, rocking deal or no deal. And then, man, we just, we just kind of just stayed connected there for a while. And uh, man, lo and behold, I think... When we came up with Pop Another Pill, that was when we shot. We shot the video of Pop Another Pill in Florida. At, on, at During them shows he he got was during spring break. So it was like he was like ahead of the – he was so ahead of his game, like, even then, you know. And, this, you know, he was just like, dude, we're down here in Florida. The homie got a female over here that's got this fat-ass house with a pool. Let's use it for the video. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go. And – uh it was just wild how it worked out, you know, and um, now to see, it's just so wild because every interview I do, it's like he does something bigger than the last interview I just did. Like, it's so wild. No, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, I think I was I was first introduced to your music probably like 2005 or so um, with uh, with my smoking song, man. I couldn't even find that on Instagram. I wanted to use that song on Instagram to promote the uh, promote you being on here. I couldn't even find that. They wouldn't let me play that song for some reason. What? Yeah, it wasn't even... It, 
it wasn't even on there. I'm like, uh, whatever. Uh, you look like you're doing a show inside a windowless van. I mean, I'm in a bus close enough on the comments there, Marshall. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find my smoking song. That was my favorite. Um, that was that was probably my favorite little white song when I when I first when I first heard of uh I heard your music, man. Um, that was a great. That was a great. Yeah, you could. Damn, bro, you're right. Isn't that crazy? What the fuck, dude? No, that was so crazy. I was I tried to tag that song in the in the yeah. stories and stuff because that's how I first heard of you. That's how I first heard of you. I remember that in like 2005. Yeah, yeah that's wild, bro. I and come to think about it, now people always use oxycodone or that's yo, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure why. That's so weird that that's like uh, I'm gonna have to get. I'm at no. I got if I gotta get to the bottom of that shit. I think it's because it's on TikTok, ain't it? Yeah, dude, I smoked so much weed to that song. Like, I like I just <laughs> like legitimately speaking, like I, I remember just being in like anyone's car at like 19 or 17 or whatever age I was, like somewhere in there, just just chain smoking blunts or joints or whatever that song. That was that was car in a parked car at that. <laughs> oh yeah, we weren't driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, we did it in parked cars, drive cars, but like. No, you're right though. It's a parked car. <laughs> and see what's so cool about like my smoking song to me. Well, Paul and Juicy, the way they labeled their songs back in the day, and even still to this day, the way they label their songs and the name, how they name the song, like Juicy and Paul were so slick with my first album because it was like. You got to think like so, and I'm pretty sure you did the same. So. Every kid that goes through that stage where they start smoking pot, start looking for acid or whatever their little their little crews into, they look for music that goes with that party. You know what I mean? Very true. So when Paul when Juicy uh, when Paul and Juicy were like, "Yo, let's just uh, let's name it my well," the way I wrote it was, "This is my smoking song." And Juicy was or Juicy and Paul were both just like, "Name it my smoking song," because people will look up. Hey, we're looking for a smoking song. And boom, it'll pop right up. Now, Oxycontin. Oh, God, we didn't mean. (laughs) (laughs) That song is my gift and my curse, man. Like, you know, we we just straight up named it Oxycontin. And at the time, Oxycontin wasn't even a fucking thing, bro. And if it was, it was in, like, California with the rich people that were, you know, getting that hard shit. (laughs) Like, Mine was just one of them situations where my big, my brother from the neighborhood, bigger dude than me, had some shit. He was like, you should try one of these. And I took it and I almost fucking died. I overdosed. Like I had to throw this shit. If I wouldn't have threw it up, I probably would have died. It was Oxycontin 80. And at the time I weighed like 120 pounds. I was probably like 16, 17. I was like, well, I'd already been signed with Paul and Juicy. We were recording myself. I was probably 19, 18, 19 years old. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I've said, I went to the studio the next day and told Paul and Juicy about my epic evening where I almost fucking didn't make it. And, you know, they were both like, write a song about it. And I was just like, <laughs> and like, and then, you know, it was just like, okay, I'm writing a, a, a song about this one night that happened. No big deal. And then I don't know, man, it just took on its own like cult cult following, man. I don't know. It's, it, And I mean, and it's funny because there's, you know, I think collectively, me and I counted them up. I've done like 15, 16 projects. You know, if you count like the bar album with me and Fraser Boy, me and Jelly Rolls, Two No Filters, uh, the Snow album, um, 
Still doubt. I did a uh, uh, the crop tober with uh, uh, Mr. Four Two Three. Then you got Doubt Me Now, Finally Famous, uh, the one and only, uh, uh, the Bad Influence. That's nine. Hold on, I'm missing a couple. Oh, Still Doubted, the Lil White album that I did, the last solo project I did, and then some mixtapes. But there's so many fucking songs that I've done, and folks are just like. Oh my god, and I'm like, bro, let's go check out the whole catalog, man. The boy's hard. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you have a, you do have a lot of good music, man. I kind of t- I was tearing through some stuff before this too. It kind of refreshed my memory. I was like, I was in the uh, uh, down me now and the finally famous kind of like like thing. Uh, that's how I found out about you originally. And I was going through all the stuff and like to start from the top though, like I, what? How did um? How did your first album getting produced by Three Six Mafia happen? That's that's huge. That's a that's a home run out the gate, you know. Um, so it was now that I'm older and I really look at it, um, looking at the, the big picture, the, the real big picture. Now that I've had very deep hallucinogenic mushroom filled eye opening enlightening moments and shit. I've, you know, you, you get to a point in life where you look back at everything and you go, Oh, that's what all this has been leading up to. So, it was wild because when I was 12 years old, Mystic Styles dropped. And being from Memphis, 3-6 Mafia was like, you know, before the rest of the world heard them, Memphis was, you know, really the only place you could hear it. And a lot of people would, you know, like take cassette tapes out of town to their homies up in Chicago or St. Louis or Jackson, Mississippi, like, you know, four or five hours away, they had that little radius, you know, there was, you know, Nashville, you know, Huntsville, Alabama, where it was getting underground and it was getting heard. But I was just a big three, six mafia fan from the jump because I've always been in the numerology, even before I knew what it was like um, six has always been my lucky number. My birthday is October 6th and three was in my whole life. Three was my dad's lucky number because for Dale Earnhardt my whole life, like as a kid growing up. So I had three and six around me, like even in the white music logo, the three and six is me and my dad's lucky number. It has nothing to do with Paul Juicy. It's just this beautiful, it's this beautiful coincidence that is just something crazy. And uh, the reason why I got kind of got infatuated with the number six is because it's the only number that it's a negative and positive. You know, it's, it's the only number that can be, divided by negative or positive so it depends on how you look at a six you know some people see a six and see darkness and evil i don't man i see happiness and brightness and and i found out about triple six mafia when i was 12 years old and i was like holy shit there's three six and i was just you know it was cool because i liked it and then i heard the music through my homeboy jimmy rest in peace uh jimmy used to put he used to build stereo systems in the neighborhood for like you know the dope boys and shit. And uh, he'd build speaker boxes and shit. And um, he uh, he would test all the systems with 3-6 Mafia music because they had the hardest bass back in the day. And we're talking about cassettes now. We're talking about 94, 95. Um, and I just loved it so much, man. And I started, I started getting into like kind of freestyling with a buddy of mine at school named Lil Black. And uh, after freestyling for like a whole, like, you know, in, in high school, it seems like a, a, a lifetime, but it was probably maybe a whole, maybe a whole, two semesters. You know what I'm saying? Like I went by the name Lil Pat. 
and he was a little black and we would go to the lunch table every every day to the lunch table uh to lunch and just you know freestyle we didn't battle rap we just freestyle well uh me and black would write our raps before the lunchtime and we would memorize them so we'd go into the cafeteria with like one in the chamber everybody else is coming up off top of the head we have already like mastered one verse every day we did this every fucking day i still run into people every now and then it's like yo dude i remember high school cafeteria tables dude i remember them days and uh <clears throat> he kept black said man you need to change your name it don't sound right little white i mean little black and little pat he was like we could really do something if you was little white and little black you know so if we was that i was like and he was like spell it different so it don't sound racist <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, he he was he he was a he was a marketing genius at 15. So I mean, like he said, spell it like the word hype, but white. And I was like, W I T. I was like, you know what? And I remember it like it was just it's funny too. Like I, the clarity that I have after being where I'm at now, mentally sober and shit. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. You know, I kind of looked up and I was like, Yo, little white. That actually kind of got. I like that. It might work. And uh, I ended up linking up with the guys in the neighborhood, the group that I was with then. Um, we put out two uh, mixtapes. The first mixtape, I was only on one song. Uh, but it was really dope because I got on one song with like an underground Memphis rapper that I've been a fan of for so long. And at this point, I'm 15 years old, you know, so I'm on this song with uh, shout out to Lil Jim. Lil Jim was on the song. Uh, he came up under Skinny Pimp and the give me some family back in the day um so that was cool i was on the song with this memphis rapper and i had set a few goals for myself actually at the time i said you know within this year i want to get on a song with a, a memphis rapper uh within this year i want to you know i had these goals that i was setting for myself and at the time i didn't know nothing about law of attraction or manifestation or none of that shit. i didn't know how powerful the mind is and how powerful that mouth is that uh, how powerful the tongue is and just what you can say you can speak into existence so around this same time i cut out the back of a cd cover and it was a hypnotized minds logo like one of these it was a hypnotized minds logo and um it was one of the iced out medallions i put it up in the mirror of on my on my dresser and i looked at it every day before i went to school and uh, a buddy of mine was like dude you should and he said it like it was like you just walk into another room. He's like, you should, you should rap with three, six mafia. And I'm like, dude, I'm 15. I'm white. What are you talking about? Like, and believe it or not, looking back, he was that first real believer. that was like, yo, you can be bigger than just the neighborhood. And, um, three, six mafia was at the radio station one day. I was at, I was working a little job. I was 16. I was 16 at the time. I'm, I'm, I'm going through it quick. Um, no, I love it. I love it. I love there, uh, I was six. I was like seventeen at the time, working at this little warehouse. I had a baby on the way already at this point. Um, and I get a phone call when I got home from work one day, and it was like, "Yo, uh, uh, Three Six Mafia wants to like wants to meet us." And it was four of us and four white guys, and I was just like, "Yeah, bullshit." You know, I just hung up the phone, and uh, mom's was making uh chef salads and spaghetti i remember i remember this night so vividly now it's wild um 
the phone rang again and he called me back and I, he was like, dude, I'm dead serious. So he's like, come over to my house. So I went over his house. His phone rings when I get there and I'm like, oh, who's that? DJ Paul, like being funny. You know what I mean? He's like, no, bro, it's, it's, it's juicy. It's juicy. J man. Shut up. I'm just, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the address. And they gave us the address. They like they gave us the address to the studio. Well, the next day they were supposed, we was all supposed to go down there. Well, the three other guys went to the studio and left me behind. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they forgot to call somebody. And uh, Paul and Juicy even mentioned it to him. Like, ain't there four of y'all? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, other dude had to work. Man, I took off work because I knew what I was doing the next day. Um, Long story short, three, six mafia wanted to sign us. I get goddamn smart. I realize that I've been left. I can't get a hold of none of the guys. So I go to my caller ID to you young kids out there, caller ID. It's not just when somebody calls your phone. There used to be a box that was connected to the wall that was connected to the phone, and it would tell you who was fucking calling. Well, I remembered that there was a missed call from the other night that said Hypnotize Mind Studio. So I just went out on a whim, and I called the phone number, and I was like, yo, somebody answered the phone. I was like, yo, this is Lil White. Uh, I'm supposed to be up there. What's the address? They gave me the address. So I kind of popped up on the other guys like, hey, forget about me, and they were like, Oh, oh yeah, we meant to call you. Like, how the fuck you forget to call me? Not to mention, my father paid for the entire project. Uh-huh. Okay, and they, you know, my father never got a penny from none of these guys. I paid my dad back tenfold. Um, when I finally walk in the door, <laughs> this is funny. I've never, I, I can actually do it. When I walk in the door, Paul, DJ Paul goes like this. You must be a little white. <laughs> it's the first time I've been able to do it in a chair like that. That was pretty funny. But he spins around. He's like, he he's like, you must be a little white. And when he spun around, that medallion that I'd had taped up on my fucking mirror for the last four years was on his chest, on his on his chain. And it was just this moment where it was just like, what the fuck? How did you do this? Like, how did you get here? Well, they end up wanting a solo deal, or they want to do a solo deal with me. The other guys, they weren't trying to have it. They 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 started all kind of beef and shit. I went my way. They went theirs. We had problems forever. Shit, half the album, Doubt Me Now, was wrote about them. That anger, that fire and shit. Like, we were beefing. Like, they were older than me, too. Now, let me, let me get this out. A couple of these guys were like, I'm 17. These guys are like 23, 24, 25, you know, like beefing with a 17 year old dude because i got i got the deal and they didn't i mean and it is what it is i mean i've already said it a million times for a long time i didn't talk about it because you know once my i mean yeah fuck it we're gonna talk about it they they beat my mama up okay i've already i've talked about this on a couple of interviews my buddy chad arms shout out chad arms uh they sent a crackhead to my house to whoop my ass i was not there uh the crackhead beat the shit out of my mom holy fuck Threw her in the street. She hit her head on the concrete. When she hit her head, she got brain damage. It was, it wasn't till we realized that um, it was a few years before we realized that mom's brain damage was getting worse, and uh, she didn't just have a bump on the head like it. We she started having to go have cat scan or what is it? Uh, yeah, cat scan, right? That's the one on your head, yeah. right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um. 
God and bless it, you. That's nuts. Well, it it, it kicked in. Uh, I think they called it early onset dementia. Yikes. So mom started forgetting shit and getting just weird and doing weird shit. And dad couldn't, dad had to put her in a nursing home. You know, he couldn't do it. I mean, she was young too when it happened. It was fucked up. She was maybe 42, 40, maybe 43 when it happened. Um, damn, she was like my age now almost. It's it's funny you say that. My mom, they're trying to put my mom in a nursing home at 57, man. It's funny. It's crazy you said that that early. I didn't, I couldn't imagine even earlier. That's nuts, man. Like, well, she couldn't, she couldn't do basic shit towards the end like you know she she would forget she would she she would still trying to be mom and she would go like you know turn on a pot of fucking something she would turn on the uh, like a pot and there'd be no water or nothing in the pot you know and next thing you know you got this fucking red hot pot in the, in the kitchen and she could have burned the house down you know it started getting dangerous that's crazy and, and um and, and even at the time you know it really never clicked on me like this is from the brain damage. This is from the head injury until the doctors were like, yeah, it was, it's from the head injury. So for a long time, bro, I carried around a lot of guilt. I carried around a lot of guilt because I was full. And, and um, you know, through that whole process, it fucked me up mentally because about four years after she got into the nursing home, Pops had a heart attack, couldn't take it no more. He passed away. And then it was just like, damn, is Pops dead because of mom being, you know, did that stress him out so bad? And then it put that on me, you know. So now I'm thinking to myself, damn, for a long time, bro, I felt like I, I killed my parents in a way. Like, I, it was almost like, you know, like they say that you uh, you got to sacrifice in this game. I'm like, that wasn't a sacrifice. It wasn't like I, you know, I knew what was happening. It was just the way it happened. It started fucking with my mind. Yeah. And uh you know, the fact that I, you know, Paul and Juicy had my back the whole time. They ended that for like when after mom got beat up, I called Paul. And I was like, you know, hey, some what what the fuck? What should I do? And there was like a truck that sat out in front of my house for like a week. I never saw who it was, never talked to him. But there was a blacked out truck sitting in front of my house and nobody fucked with our house ever again. I don't know what the fuck. They, <laughs> I don't know what that truck did, but I stayed away from it. But um, the reason why I can laugh about this now is because uh, today, actually, today, I'm eight months sober. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up after your story, man. I saw I saw yeah, it. Hey, it's it's, it's kind of my story so weird. It just crashes all together, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, I want to bring that, like, so, so how, how did that come about? Because I, I saw you post about that on Instagram today, and congrats, by the way, man. That's, that's, that's amazing and a hard thing for a lot of people, you know? Well, so, uh, I ran over my neighbor's mailbox on my side by side, okay? That's the most Tennessee thing you could do, probably, right? <laughs> right, yeah, and the bad thing is, I live in the suburbs, bro. Like, <laughs> I ran my Dale Earnhardt Jr. wrapped can-and side by side. <laughs> right over my neighbor's mailbox after I left the bar. Oh, man. And I'd only had a few drinks. And this woman just, she was a straight Karen that hated her neighbor because we threw parties. And her son, you know, knew who I was. And, you know, they, they just didn't like us. You know what I'm saying? They was just one of those neighbors. You're like uh, a George uh, Jones of rap, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that was good. Uh, so, like. It's so wild. So, all right, let me back up just a hair. So I meet Justin Time. I'm going to explain how this all happened. Justin Time comes to the show, one of my shows in Indianapolis, wants me to perform at the Redneck Rave. 
we didn't do no contract. We did it on a handshake. And uh, I went to the Redneck Rave and I saw how cool it was, how big it was. And I, I saw his vision and I was like, damn, these are my people. These are a bunch of good old boys. Like, I, 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 I like this shit. Like, what can I do to help you? So that night we kicked it all night. Uh, he let me drive one of his side-by-sides. The whole time we, I was there, I was driving his side-by-side and I was having a blast. Which his shit was all like turboed and got fucking nitrous and shit on it. Like, it's a bad motherfucker, so I'm riding. Well, when I get home, I told the wife, I said, hey, after we left the Redneck Rave, I said, hey, you're gonna, this is actually, you're the first person getting this actual real story. It's pretty cool. Um, I said, hey, uh, I want to get a side-by-side. She was like, well, I just got your credit straight and I guess, you know, you know, do what you want to do. She was like, but I want some titties. <laughs> I was like, I'm winning twice. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, you, like, hell yeah. I just got my, I did get my credit straight. Hell yeah. I can finance titties. <laughs> I didn't know you could finance titties. Run that shit. Run it. <laughs> Run it. Run it. And um, so, you know, now I got the side by side. Justin Times is rap Dale Earnhardt Sr. I get mine rap Dale Earnhardt Jr. We're that way next rave is going down. You know what I mean? But this is where I fucked up. I didn't fuck up, but yeah, I fucked up. In Memphis, you can get tags and it's street legal. You know what I mean? So when I found that out, it was a wrap. I was just like, fuck going to the bottoms and going mudding every weekend. I'm driving this bitch to the bar. You know what I'm saying? And like, I would drive it to the bar. It was fun. Just something fun to do, you know, get out and go ride for a little while, hit, stop at the bar, hang with the guys. They're all on Harleys and shit, right? <laughs> They're all on these big, badass Harleys. I pull up in the side-by-side like, yeah, I got a toy too, motherfucker. I can ride. Can I join y'all's group now? Because <laughs> like, I don't fuck with two wheels. I got I to gotta be on four wheels, man. I don't, I don't do it. So, all right, I have the side-by-side. I leave the, the club, the bar one night. Run over the mailbox. Police take an hour to get there. I'd done had about four more shots since they were on the way. I was just like, fuck it. They're taking forever. So I was just sitting at the house, literally just watching Family Guy, waiting on them because I'm thinking they're just going to make a report. And I'll just have to fix the mailbox. You know, we're neighbors. I'm not thinking that it's that big of a deal. You know, however, when they got there, I was four shots in more than I was when I hit the mailbox. So they tried to say I was, you know, DUI. They gave me a debt. Well, I'm fighting the DUI. I went to court today. Well, I'm fighting this DUI. And um, the fucking judge is about to give me a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And uh, I just talked to my attorney. And I was like, look, man. I've been living this lifestyle for 20 years. I've been going hard in the paint for 20 years. I had a five-year stretch when I was single before Mrs. White came around, and I was, you name it, we was doing it. We was fucking, we was wilding, man. It's surprising we're still alive, like a few of us. And it got to a point where, you know, I done did so much, and then I get with Nicole, Mrs. White, and uh, my alcohol's getting worse. It's just, just from just the lifestyle, man. I mean, I'm, I'm gone every weekend where sometimes, sometimes I don't go on stage till midnight in some certain smaller clubs, especially the smaller spots. They're like, Oh, we're going to put you on at midnight. Like what the fuck? I'm trying to be, I'm 41 years old. I need to be in bed by 1230. 
I'm watching fucking Rick and Morty by one smoking a joint. You know what I mean? And um, I asked the attorney, man, like, uh, will you find out if the judge will let me go to rehab? Maybe turn this whole fucking thing around. Like, I probably needed it years ago, but timing's everything. And if she would actually allow this, I will take it seriously. Because <clears throat> I'd been trying to slow down. You know, I'd been trying. I'm prescribed Xanax. Back in the day, you know, when we were kids and shit, we partied on Xanax. When I got older, I found, I found out I really do need Xanax. <laughs> I got a prescription now, and I take them regularly. But when I was mixing it with that crown, I would turn into a fucking dick, bro. Like, I'm talking about a fucking asshole, you know? Like, and I know that I, I, I feel very selfish for doing all that shit. So the judge ends up giving me nine days in jail. For the nine violations on my ankle monitor. I got those nine violations when Gangsta Boo died. I said, fuck my ankle monitor, and I got drunk as shit. Um, found out in rehab that that's not what you do when someone dies. You don't just go into a corner and drink. That's called an, an addiction. It's called insanity is what it is. So anyway, the judge just pretty much let me do it. I was kind of blown away. I was like, look, if you give me this chance, I'm not going to let you down. I was like, I, I'm not. And I ended up. And then now I'm like, fuck, I got to come up with like 30 grand in like 48 hours. Juicy, what you doing? <laughs> like, I got to, because I'm man, i a rapper, man. I ain't got like regular insurance like that. I got car insurance and home insurance and shit like that. But I'm like, I don't have a fucking warehouse job that's like, fuck, <laughs> like your insurance will cover it. I'm like, I'm a fucking rapper, man. Like, okay. <laughs> So, like, one of my partners, shout out to Anna Mitchell over at Royal Studios. Her and my wife are real good friends. And she was like, girl, there's this thing called Music Cares. And they'll probably consider White so established. And he, if he really wants to take it seriously, they will give him a grant to go to rehab to get himself straight to keep making music. That's their goal. And we found out about this and like they fucking pulled my name up. And of course, you know, like <laughs> qualified immediately like you, like you said, oh, shit, he's got two albums with Jelly Roll. Let him in. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> let this guy in. If anything, he's got some great stories to tell us. That's so funny. I bet his fucking I bet his uh, closed room counselings are going to be off the chain. Um <laughs> So, I mean, of course, uh, so shout out to Cumberland Heights. I end up getting the grant. I go to Cumberland Heights. Uh, it's in Nashville. I couldn't go to any anywhere here in Memphis because, like, I live on the outskirts of Memphis in the suburbs out here. We're away from where motherfuckers are dying every five minutes. Thank God. I finally got to that point in my life where I'm out, out, away. Um, so all the places here in Memphis, dude, they're just not good facilities. Like everybody that I've ever known in my life, you know, and, and, and when you start thinking back, I'm 41. Like I said, brother, I'm 40. The first album just turned 20 years old last year. So when you look at that 20 years and you think about your buddies that's been in Memphis and went to rehab that are still on dope or still alcoholics, you know, I told my wife, I was like, it's not going to work unless I go somewhere else. And I was like, I don't want them to like send me somewhere where I'm going to have too much fun. Don't send me to say, uh, what is it? Passions of Malibu. I ain't, I ain't one of them kind of celebrities. I need somewhere where I'm going to really work on myself. And man, Cumberland Heights is the number three ranked 
facility in America, bro. And um, it's on 177 acres out in the middle of fucking country, about 11 miles outside of Nashville. And it was perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I went in there with a very open mind. And um, I learned a lot about myself, <laughs> a whole lot about myself. But one of the things that I mainly learned was stop blaming myself for my mother and father. My mom just passed away January 9th, like a right. month ago, like not even a month, maybe, what is that? It's almost right at two months. Um, Sorry to hear that, dude. That's, that's messed up. Well, when they beat her ass and she went through all of her doctor's shit, they said she might live five to seven years. That hard-headed bitch lived 21 years after the, the, the incident. You know what I mean? So it was very, it was, it was, she's been very sick for a very long time. I've had time to process it, I think. I don't know if I have yet. But I always knew any day, you know, anything could happen to mom. So that was something that was always on the back of my mind at all fucking times since I started rapping. And since y'all first heard me rap, one of the things that's always been on the back of my mom is my mind is, is mom. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think now that, you know, she's with pops and that shit, it's not on my mind no more. I forgave myself for not being there. That's what I was doing. I was blaming myself for not being there to protect her. And I had to really let that shit go, man. And uh, one of them classes I took it, uh, you know, like I said, I went in there very open-minded. And I was one of, I've always wanted to be one of the people like, man, fuck therapy. I don't need nobody telling me about me. But this is, the, the whole place is ran by uh, recover, uh, recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. Like everybody except maybe the nurse practitioner and maybe a couple of nurses that work there are not in recovery out of like a 40, 50 people staff, you know? So what's dope is you're in a room full of a bunch of people who, and then what was really cool is it was in Nashville. And I told him, I said, my biggest deal is what am I going to do on the road? How the fuck am I going to go back out there and be little white in front of all these people that for the last 20 years, I get to the party early. I don't even go to the green room. I go straight to the bar, have shots with motherfuckers, take pictures, sign titties. I don't give a fuck. I did that shit, but I did that shit for 20 fucking years. And it was just time for that change. And I, and I really believe that whole, uh, uh, an addict won't change until they're ready to change. Like I was ready for that next chapter of my life. Like I've got a great niece that I treat like a granddaughter. Like, uh, you know, I get, I literally call her mama, like at least once every couple of weeks, like, yo, let me get my baby girl. And like, and she calls me Papa. You know what I'm saying? She calls me Pat Paul. Cause my name's Patrick. She can't say Patrick. She's Pat Paul. <laughs> so I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, yo, bro, you're 40 years old. Do you want this little baby girl to see and go through what your daughter saw and went through and what your stepsons have went through a piece of in the last eight years that I've been with Nicole. And, you know, the beauty part was, was all four of the kids had my back. Of course, Nicole had my back. Nicole quit drinking with me. Nicole is literally, she is only maybe 13 days behind me because for 13 of those days I was in jail and she was pissed off and <laughs> drinking her fucking, she was upset. Mama was sad. <laughs> but soon as the day she dropped me off um at rehab she quit with me basically you know so that's amazing man 
And um, and it was and and you know, she, you know, and I tell her all the time, I'm like, baby, you're not an alcoholic. She, she can have one, two drinks and be straight, and you know, be fine. Me, no, 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 we need another bottle of Crown. One's not enough. It's five of us. <laughs> like, bro, it's three in the afternoon. Like, well, so fuck. We're in Kentucky. No, we're not. We're in Louisiana. Oh, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and, and that mind frame, and for so, and what was cool, like I said, being in Nashville, I got to talk to a couple of the counselors were musicians as well. Uh, fucking Johnny Cash went there, dude. Tim McGraw went there. Like some big dogs, like some big names. Those are some big, big names. And they'll still just, you know, well, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Cash. But Tim McGraw will still to this day, you know, credit the same place, Cumberland. For his sobriety, man, and it's it's just been, it's just been a blessing, and it was just wild. As soon as I got out of Cumberland, I, I come home for like literally two weeks, and I'm on a plane going to open going to open up for Jelly Roll with Three Six Mafia, and it was just like, wow, man, what a what a what a what a crystal clear mind and way to look at this, and just walking out on that stage completely sober and DJ Paul yelling to the crowd, y'all little white is sober y'all and the fucking each night, you know, 17,000 in a fucking outside area. What was it? Bakersfield, uh, 19,000 in, uh, fuck. What other part? Sacramento. I was it Sacramento. Shit. I don't fucking remember. I've been to so many goddamn cities, but when we got to Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Texas is right down the road from Memphis. And every 40-something-year-old white Jelly Roll fan grew up listening to 3-6 Mafia. It is a guaranteed fact. Definitely. I don't, unless they unless they just, just caught on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So to see that crowd rock out and fucking watching. Dude, there was no lie. I, I have to give dude 65 years old singing every word to slob on my knob. And I was watching him, and I was watching him, and it was fucking awesome. And this dude's like gray hair, 65 years old. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Yo, Slob on my knob is almost 30 years old. So this guy was 35 when it came out. So that makes total sense that he's at a <laughs> show now. Like, it, And then Save Me came on, and I looked over again, and then he was singing Save Me, crying his eyes out. And I was like, this is an amazing night. And to be able to see all that sober, you know, when I was there, they was telling me, you know, a lot of positive shit's about to happen if you keep it positive. And, you know, if you stick to this, it's got benefits. You'll start noticing shit's changed. She'll start changing on you. And um, I think it happened at the perfect time for you, brother. Like, 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 uh, like eight months ago. Oh, and that's and the and best part. You ready? You ready? That's the best part. This is, there yeah. we go. This is the best part. I did a show with this guy, went to this redneck rave, figured out that I wanted a side-by-side, -side, hit a goddamn mailbox in the side-by-side, -side, ended up getting a, fighting a DUI, getting to go to fucking rehab, come home, do an album with this guy, and his name is Just In Time. <laughs> yeah, it's ironic, man. I saw that, I saw that album. Guess, when, who, when did that come out? That guess, just who, guess who pointed that out? Who? DJ Paul. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, whoa. He's like, yo, that side by side might have saved your life. I think it did, man. And not to get too dark or something like that, but like you being sober for your mom passing probably really helped you out a lot. I could that could have been really dark for you in January, man. Like that could have been 
that could have been a really, really I couldn't even imagine. Like you mean like I like and I, I like oh. I, you are you you have some angels looking after you, man. Like I, I like in that regard, like I mean I and I, I just think there's a lot of other things. I mean that that was just in time. I mean legit like you just said, man, that is uh I got I chills mean, all over me, bro. Like I got chills all over me right now. And I, yeah, and I, I, I just told Nicole this the other day. I was like, I don't know how I would have dealt with that. And and then I, I was the type, of, I was the type of alcoholic where I would use that to get fucked up out of my mind and numb it and make it go away. And I just try to bottle it up. You know what I'm saying? And that shit's so know. bad. Look, man. Any of the men out here watching this shit, dude. It is okay to go get checked out in your brain these days because we've went through some motherfucking shit that the fucking our our fucking parents and their parents ain't went through the shit we went through. We've got all this technical shit. We got fucking social media breathing down our necks constantly. And I'm talking about for just the average dude. My shit's even different. I got this fuck social media. I don't really care about it. I know it's a great tool to have and I do use it. But if the shit disappeared right now and I got a basket full of fan mail sitting out in front of my fucking house i wouldn't be mad like actual letters <clears throat> but get your head checked man like if y'all feel like something ain't right man or if you've just been stressed for too long or or you've been depressed for too long or you're having suicidal thoughts or if you know you got a drug if you know you got a drug problem or you know you got an alcohol problem and you got like fucking kids that didn't have a good christmas this past year because you made a couple of bad decisions at the bar and fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it, 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 so many sh dominoes start knocking over, man. And I, I swear I cut that alcohol out and it was almost like I just stopped the domino. I was just stop motherfucker. I'm, I'm tired of y'all falling like this. And, oh, and, and this is what I say, dude, if little white gets sober, <laughs> motherfucker, anything is possible. Anything. You know, you know that's gonna be a reel for the episode right there, bro. Like, like, like that, that is that is a public service announcement of a sent for you right there. You know, like, 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 like some of the songs you wrote and and, and the lifestyle you led, man. And then and then to come around and like sober up, I mean, that's that's, that's a magic story. And I mean, and I didn't get as fucked up as you, but I, I I've been mostly sober for like a month because of the similar things you're saying, like uh, my mom being sick and stuff. So I I can personally relate to that. And I know a lot of other people. I mean, we got 300 people watching us right now. And let's go to tens of thousands of people after. I'm sure there's a lot of people gonna relate to that message. Well, I, I mean, I mean, the fentanyl fucking epidemic right now. Fentanyl, bro, is being sprayed on weed now, man. Like, yeah, what the so fuck, dude? Like, come on, man. Like, how, why, why, how bad you want some some clientele, my guy? Like, you want us to get sprung on your fucking blunts now? I smoke joints. I still do smoke weed. I told my counselors in therapy and in rehab. I said, look, man, I'm gonna keep it real 100 with you. Um. I've never smoked a joint and cussed my wife out and wanted to get all up in her face and be the complete, ugly, just nasty person to the person I love the most in this world. My best fucking friend. Weed, I've never was, the hardest thing. Weed, weed was the hardest thing to quit. Like, like you, I, I, I haven't had a coping mechanism since I was 16 without that. Like, that was those three days after that to about a week or so. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Like, like as far as like, and it sounds so lame. It sounds no, it, no, it's it's not. A lot of people are everybody's different. And seeing like I've had I've quit smoking weed like three times in my life, and it, 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 it really wasn't hard for me because like I think it was just like 
the times that I quit were like because I had to. Like I was like, like it was like cord involved and fucking ch child support and baby mama drama, that type of shit. You know, I had I to quit. quit. Like, yeah, I had to take yeah. drug tests and shit. You know, it was them them kind of situations. And and I've never just been one of them. I've never been even now that I got now that I'm older, I only smoke raw cones and I and I usually I used to only smoke at night. You know, I'd smoke and my wife don't smoke, she don't do shit. Um I usually smoke at night and I, you know, right before bed, smoke a little joint or something, watch a movie, chill. Boy, I quit that alcohol and I told him, I said, Look, I'm not saying your program doesn't work. I'm telling you, the motherfucker works. Dude, I went to my my birthday. I got booked to uh, bring out my uh, my buddy. He's a comedian in Vegas. I had to spend my fucking birthday in Vegas. Without drinking. Sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I left out a very, very, very big part of this story. I've got a fucking ankle monitor on right now. This, I saw that this, online, yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I've had it on for a year and a half. Like... <laughs> I'm so like, I feel like when they, they take this motherfucker off, I'm just gonna tell you, man. Like, uh, I feel like they're gonna unleash a beast. I feel like they took this monster and they was they they was out of control, right? And they put him in this cage. And they put a little leash on him, and about for about a year and a half. <laughs> And they're like, all right, let's see what the monster does if we can get him to control himself. Oh, when they take this fucking leash off and the monster can control himself now? Oh, oh, oh buddy, let's go. It seems so like, sober after, the, after, the, after that time. Oh, of course, of course, of course, awesome. dude. My family, I do my fucking relationship with my wife is... It's been awesome. She, I mean, it's, I've had my days, like I've been had a day today where I've just been stressed the fuck out over some shit. I had court today. It's just one of those kind of days, right? I got you. But I mean, um, I don't, you know, my kids, my relationship with my kids is way better. You know, I, I try to watch what I say. They do live in a different world than what I grew up in. My dad would cuss me the fuck out, smack me upside my goddamn head and still tell me to bring him a beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> And in my life, that was just normal. Like when we grew up with that, we grew up with a different generation of parents. But um uh everything's better, man. Like I sleep better. I can get up at 7 a.m. without a hangover. Isn't that weird? And go do shit. Yeah, it's really weird. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't um, know it's possible. <laughs> and so, like, it's a lot of things, man. Like, it's just um I've and and also like you know, while I was in there, I had to realize what all it had cost me over the years. And, and I thought about, I thought about like three tours that I wasn't allowed to go on with three, six mafia because the tour before that <laughs> didn't go that well. You know what I mean? And then like, or, I, or I'd, I'd go hang out with Paul or juicy somewhere and I would just party all fucking night. And they're like, dude, I'm not, we can't take you nowhere in these days. And it was getting bad, you know, but it was fucking fun, goddammit. I had fun, man. Yeah. I had a blast. At least I made it through it. And and I I, I told somebody today, uh, a buddy of mine I ain't seen in a while. He was we were catching up and uh he's like, How you feel? I was like, it's gonna it sounds cliche as fuck, but I feel like brand fucking new. I feel like a reborn, like I'm ready to rock another fucking 
20 years in this business like that first one didn't even exist you know what i mean it's like i'm fully fucking grown like i'm i'm on my shit right now you got great energy man like i gotta say you definitely have you definitely have high energy high vibration man i love seeing oh, it dude dude i i know it too because everywhere i go people just talk to me and they don't even know who, it might be somebody don't even recognize me like it's a little white that is hi sir how you doing you look great to like fuck yeah, yeah. so like in uh and i'm gonna go you you're actually uh we live yeah, yeah, we're live. All right, so this is actually the first place I've actually said it. I haven't even said it on Instagram or none of that shit yet. But um, the new album, giving it being a election year, Mr. White is dropping new White Order this year. Finally, That's I've been awesome. talking about it for years. I've been talking about naming an album New White Order. And I feel like this this complete 180 turnaround in life I've done, I think it's just it's the perfect time to to do new white order. And especially if you look at with the fucking just events going on in today's world and shit, I'm not finna get political on shit. I might cuss a few people out, but I'm not, it's not finna be political. I'm finna get on my fun shit. I'm gonna get on my deep shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, as Jelly would call it, my therapeutic music. Um I, I got a lot of shit to say that, that I kind of think I was um, not really scared to say. I just, I, I think, I think Jelly actually, you know, you know, I was, I was one of the main ones that told Jelly to sing. Stop rapping everybody. Go sing, Bubba. You sing country music all day, 24 seven, walking around the studio, walking around your house. That's all you do. That's all you used to do is hum country music. Huh. And I told him, I said, brother, sing. And we did, you know, even like uh, on Demons, he started, you know, he was singing on Demons a little bit. I'm learning to live with my demons. So like, you know, and you were, I was seeing it kind of just, just kind of start growing. And man, 2020 hit and the whole world shut down. And man, somehow that boy came up with Save Me. And when Save Me came out, I remember calling him like, yo, man, what are you doing? He's like, you like it or you don't like it? I was like, I'm fucking crying. <laughs> he was like, well, why are you crying, Bubba? I'm like, it's fucking beautiful. It's, it, it, it's such a fucking like left field. Just, whoa, just what the fuck was that? I said, Bubba, that, that was it. That's what I've been talking about. And he was like, oh, you ain't seen shit yet. I got about 15 more of them in the chamber ready to go in the clip. He said, I got 15 more in the clip, Bubba. That was just the first one out of the chamber. And then, like, I think the next time I saw him, because, you know, we had two years of fucking nothingness. Um, next time I saw him, I take it back. He, the, the, he called me when the album dropped, when um, Ballads of the Broken dropped. And he said, uh, you listen to the album? I was like, I've, uh, I just, I said, I'm actually about to, we were about to head out to go out of town. I was headed to a show. I said, no bullshit. I'm backing out the driveway. I'm about to listen to it like two or three times front to back. I'll call you once I hear it. He's like, all right, call me back. And this was Ballads of the Broken album. And man, I, I heard uh, uh, Son of a Sinner. I got the Son of a Sinner and I just stopped. And I called him. He was like, what the fuck, bro? You're supposed to listen to the whole album. I was like, Son of a Sinner's a hit, bro. Son of a Sinner's a hit. 
It's a fucking smash. I said, bro, it's fucking Babe Ruth out of there. Like, it's gone. Great fucking song. And, man, like, so, like, when we were able to, you know, go do them shows and I was able to watch Jelly's, you know, just where, and that was the shows, bro. And I was so proud of him then. And then, like, while we're at the show, he's like, man, there's a few, man, the shit's so crazy right now, White. I got some shit so big, I can't even tell you. And he said it like, like talking to his brother. Fuck Lil White and Jelly Roll. Jason and Patrick were like, he's like, Bubba, this shit's top secret. I can't even tell nobody. He's like, Bunny barely knows. And I was like, whoa. And it was the American Idol shit that he did. You know what I mean? And it was the it was the 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 CMA Awards. It was all that shit that was coming. The it was like a week later. You know, what I mean, I was with the guy in fucking Dallas and like. A week later, he wins fucking three CMAs. And I'm like, oh, that's what he couldn't tell me about. Because he didn't know if he would. Of course, he didn't know if he was going to win. But he did know he was. It was just so wild. It was just like, wow, man. And it just hadn't stopped. He's just been a fucking snowball. It's got the snowball effect. I always knew it would. I'm so happy and proud of that, man. So happy. Is it, yeah, it's just like a Super Bowl commercial, man. Super Bowl commercial. It's just cycles, bro. It's just cycles, man. Like, I like, uh, I, I, I think, I think your energy now, man, could be bringing that too. It's like, I mean, you already are in a lot of regard, but I'm saying, like, you're going to keep climbing too now that you're it, like, like, your energy is crazy right now, too. I like, just, just in general, man. Like, so it's like, like, I mean, and seeing, seeing the guy, all the guys you're around do the same thing, man. It's like, I mean, it, uh, the future's magic for a lot of people, brother. You know, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot for everybody about to happen, man. And I, I can see it. In, I feel it. I feel it bubbling. Um, I can see it in you, man. I can see. I, I just I, this is the first time I've ever even talked to you, and I can see yeah. it in you, man. It's, it's crazy. Like, uh, it's one of them things that I've been the main motherfucker in my own way. You know what I mean? I've been in my own fucking way, and I got that much done standing in my own fucking way. Imagine what right. the fuck I'm about to do not standing in my own fucking way. That's my right. point. No, I, when I, I said earlier, it. when I talked my shit in my Instagram post earlier today, I meant that shit. I'm, there's no one standing in the way no more. I could tell that was authentic, man. You've always been authentic, man, but it's just like your vibration's higher now. That, uh, like, like, like so, sober does something different. Well, I'd say I'm like mostly sober right now. I still had, had a couple drinks or something, but like, uh, but my, I, like, just to compare what you're saying like, is like, I, I was smoking like 20 joints a day, smoking dabs, eating edibles. And, that, and that, that's kind of lame, but it does lower your vibration. And it it's, it's like, if, it's like, if I feel like I'm talking about doing sixth grade drugs with you right now. No, 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 so much of it. Strong shit out there, Bubba. I know what you, I know what <laughs> you were smoking on. Yeah, but it was, it was oh, so much of it. Like, yeah, like, like half pound every two weeks, eating edibles, smoking dabs. And like, so my vibration was so low. So I can relate to what you're saying when you're saying people are just talking to you all day and stuff like that's, I mean, I feel it, man. I, I and I see, I see it in you and like, it's going to be crazy seeing what's to come, man. Like I, uh, when, when did you just, when did the, did the Justin Time album just come out? That, that came out this week or was that recent? Okay, so, so what we did. Yes, my ringtone is a goat. I was wondering what that was, bro. I heard that. I'm, I'm like, did I just hear that? And that was my first, my first thought was, did I hear that? Yeah, my ringtone's a goat. I'm a fucking narcissist now. It's, it's starting to come out. I'm starting to really, really, really know who the fuck I am. And these motherfuckers are in trouble. I love seeing uh, that. I love seeing uh, that. So I the ju- you do a country album, to be honest, man. I hey, I'm like, the thing is, man, let me explain something to everybody. Just the good old boys was the very first fucking rap song that ever had a country sample in it 
go Google, go do your research. It does not matter how long. Interesting. Juicy J created the very first country rap song, and it was just the good old boys, Waylon yeah. Jennings sample. And at the time, I didn't even know Struggle. So, like, I, I, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. And I've had, I've talked to people you, like you, you cut out. Of nowhere, my internet's spotty. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Are you good? What'd you say? No, I just said I'm in the middle of nowhere. My internet's spotty. Sorry about that. But but no, I mean, when as you get older, you start to appreciate country. I think, man, I'd like to see a country. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see you do a country album. To be honest, man, I'd like to see what that would sound like. I, I don't know. I'm not going to force it on everything, but man, I would love to see that or hear that rather. You know, um, I'm actually wanting to do like some like gangster rock shit. I really, I, I like even with mine and Justin's album. So let's let's get to that. Let's go back first. Yeah, they just came out. Let's right? get to that, Justin. To, uh, who the f- where, hold on? There we go. Justin Time versus Lil White. And we're playing chess on the album cover. Yeah. So let's I don't get those autograph albums. I want one of those autograph albums. How do I get one of those? Uh, go to uh, whitehouse.com. Whitehouse.com. All right. Yeah. W Y T E. Don't put an H in it. W Y T E. I know the spider I mean, I know you. I know you. I'm talking about. Put it on the screen for everybody else here. So, yeah, we got number one. Yeah, number one, this playlist is crazy too, man. Uh, and it's and this is actually this album's got a little country to it. I mean, it's not like country; it's just got some country influence, a lot of rock influence, some rap influence, and it's got a little bit for everybody on it. So listen to this playlist. I mean, uh, this set. I mean, uh, playlist number one. They don't want no smoke, featuring Adam Calhoun. Huh. Number two, live it up, featuring Juicy J. And if you haven't heard live it up yet, featuring Juicy J. That's kind of the 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 path that I, I I just I grew up in a classic rock household, and it was classic rock, and like my dad fucked with like Metallica, couple of heavier bands. It was never like heavy heavy hard metal or nothing like that, like death metal. It was always classic rock. Metallica is about as hard as it got. So I I've I, I, I've got that Memphis fucking rock and roll in my blood, man, and. Mixing that with Three Six Mafia's so powerful sound that they gave me that, that I fucking inherited. Luckily, <laughs> um, this album kind of is every bit of that. Number three, sipping and swerving, featuring DJ Paul, banger. My fucking my flow on that bitch is just insane. Is this not on Apple Podcast yet? Not yet, and I'm gonna get to why. All right, live, live it up is I saw that I just downloaded that. Live it up, out. Sipping and swerving, DJ Paul, never backing down. Raise hell, raise hell. You're gonna love. You're gonna like that when it uh, when I get to the end of what I'm talking about. Takes one to know one featuring New Breed and Jesse Howard. Shout out to Jesse Howard. If you don't know who Jesse Howard is, he had the hit "Welcome to My House," um, crazy country rock song. Um, we got the sticks. Number number eight, shut it down featuring Lil Chat. And man, she she's a straight gangster on this song. It's so it's so dope. I got Girls Gone Wild featuring Bubba Sparks, a straight booty song for the ladies and for for the guys too. It's 2024. Um, <laughs> we got Papa's Barn. Papa's Barn actually has my my real grandfather on the third verse, and we're having like a phone conversation. And wow. it's it's I was able to get my 87 year old grandfather to make called me and us kind of have an argument over the phone and we recorded it 
And it's it's great, man. I'm glad I got to cement his name. And then we got the lax and my partner Mike Sweet. But this album, man, it's it's loaded with fucking features. I can't. Oh yeah, I'm not. It's loaded wow. with features. We got real serious on it. And the yeah, whole a lot of features, dog. You got a lot of huge people on that album. Justin Time versus Lil White, and we're playing chess. And on the album cover, the crown bottles in front of Justin, not me. It's a uh, very there's it's, it's deep, man. And like. I got to give a shout out to that rap guy's wife, boy, because my woman is a fucking genius. She found this 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 location, and I was like, "Yo, we should play chess in this, and you know, make it real deep, like Justin Time versus Lil White. We're not battle rapping. It's this is mine versus mind, you know. And we kind of just combined his world, the mud world, and my rap world, and we really, I think we fucking did a damn good job. But what we did is we brought the hard copy out for the OG fans that still has a CD player somewhere in their house, possibly in their car. Probably not. But a lot of people still are loving to get the hard copies because we, we were, we got a couple thousand of them. We're probably going to do, and we're signing every one of them and they're on the website for a few weeks. So everybody gets the hard copy. We'll get that here before everybody else. Hey, there she is. <laughs> I literally just woke up. And I'm a little white. That's the end of the show, you guys. No. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God, bro. So, uh, but yeah, so the album actually does come out in, like, uh, I want to say, like, two, three weeks. But awesome. um, okay. we just brought the hard copy out, autograph, sign. You can only get it off the website, whitehouse.com. Whitehouse.com's on the screen. Whitehouse.com, yes, sir. How are you doing, dear? I'm good. I'm a little disheveled right now. Disheveled. <laughs> Dude, she did so much homework on this show, too, and then, and then slept through like she, it. She was the one reading all the stuff about you, too, bro. She's like, she was like checking it. She was like yeah. reading everything about you. She's like, it's funny. I've been a fan for a long time. Um, but I just got to say, like, as, um, as a recovering addict, like, I just thought it was really inspiring to see that you've been, like, sober and, like, talking about recovery openly. Um, I was addicted to fentanyl and speed for, like, maybe like three or four years and I've been off of it for about two and um yeah I'm yeah. super I'm super neurodivergent you know, I have ADHD great. Great. And depression and shit and it, it's definitely it definitely made me more neurodivergent um and like it's taken even two years after getting off of those drugs like I still feel like I'm kind of like half retarded honestly <laughs> like it definitely I've, like I've been, I've, I've been real forgetful <laughs> like uh am I yeah alive? My, like short-term memory like it'll be like oh, I'll, I'll go to do something and walk into another room and just be like what the fuck am i doing in here like yeah. I, I do that a lot i do that a lot yeah it's frustrating um just like i noticed like basic shit like especially I, speed really fucked me up like socially like because i wouldn't leave my house for like days and like just you know answering my phone and shit would just give me a, a panic attack so it took me like at least a year to get past that um i uh i'm a mystic and a healer and like so i used witchcraft and like energy work and subliminals and like a, a combination of a bunch of different things to kind of like heal myself um i tried AA. thing is like i i struggled with addiction since i was like a teenager well, see, um, I, don't, I don't i don't do AA. not to cut job i don't i don't yeah, do AA. no, I, I it's just too black for white 
I'm like, I don't get that shit, bro. Like, I can't, I was like smoking fentanyl, but I can't smoke weed. This is fucking retarded. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It was just too, too black and white for me. And, and I just felt judged, like, you know, like. But I understand. I mean, that, like, that's, I don't, you weren't, I don't know if you were, was watching or whatever. You just came in, but I told him that when I was in rehab, I told, I, you know, I went in for alcohol and I told okay. him, I told my, my counselor just straight up, I was like, I was like, I've never smoked a joint and wanted to fight my wife. I have an exactly. I have an alcohol problem and I'm going yeah. to smoke weed. I was like, it's kind of gonna be hard not to. And I just partnered with Lincoln Gas Supply, one of the biggest dispensaries in Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying. I want I I and I've been that's what I've been promoting. I, I have plant been, medicine. Shamans have been using plant medicine for fucking like centuries. Yeah, I, I, will, I will advocate psilocybin too. Uh, microdosing. Oh, yeah. No, that actually also helped me with my PTSD and depression. That made a huge yeah. difference. But, yes. like, my, I couldn't find a sponsor. I couldn't find a sponsor who would sponsor me, even though I was still taking mushrooms. And I'm like, I looked for a sponsor for months well, and no one would sponsor me. <laughs> I think it's, I think, it, and, and this is the thing I'm not one, I'm 100% not knocking the system at all. I think it's, yeah, just, it, think it definitely I, works for some people for sure. Works. For a lot of people and i, I just totally. and i even i spoke openly about this you know when i was in cumberland heights i told him i was like you know it's got some old old ways to me yeah was, you know the book i mean was, dude, it was invented so in the 50s when alcohol was like in prohibition you know it's like yeah. maybe we should like re like evaluate like how we're kind of going about doing this right uh, there was so actually a, 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 a partner of mine that was in uh, that was in the cabin with me he found something that was i can't remember what it was called you one of y'all might but um it basically it was a rehab facility where they you go in and they focus on your problem they don't try to tell you everything they, if you go in there and you're addicted to heroin they're going to attack your heroin if you go in there okay. you're alcoholic they're going to put you over here with the alcoholics and, yeah and so yeah whereas you know some where even like where i was at you know you're all working towards one great cause but right know, right and it worked for me you know it did but the, the you know, that actually makes a lot of sense because i feel like being using drugs for as long as i did like there really is a difference between what it is you're using and, and even um you know i would watch talks i was putting the psych word in um los cienas los los cienas whatever can't remember um and dr drew would speak there about addiction he was like an addiction specialist i'm yeah. sure you know who drew is and he would talk about how based on your brain chemistry you would be um attracted to either uppers or downers based on kind of, he was like you're self-medicating yourself to kind yeah. of like make up for your own neurodivergency right and so like certain people would be tweakers certain people would be junkies and you could kind of see in their personality differences like who would be kind of attracted to what and i do really think that there is a difference it's not like oh every addiction is just addiction straight cut like black right. and white you know what i mean yeah. I've, i, that I, makes I sense. understand what you're saying i do and that and, see, and the thing was is like that's something you can't really just talk talk about openly in like a rehab because you kind of get yeah. looked at crazy. But you know, and I told him I was like, look, man, I've been in the music business for twenty years, man. I've been around, I've been around functioning crackheads and didn't know they were smoking crack for fucking yeah four, four or five years. Right. But then I've right. also got a homie that it'll <laughs> take one. I've had a homie that took one Percocet and became an addict, like boom, you know, like just like I yeah. love this yeah. my new life. 
But then yeah, that's how I felt when I, the first time I did heroin. I was like, oh my god, this is what I've been missing. My this is the only thing that makes me feel like fucking normal. What the fuck, Ooh. you know? Like it just clicked in my head. I'm like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> I just remember having that feeling, like, oh, like you know, I used to hate my dad because I grew up. There were so many addicts in my life growing up. But like I hated my dad for being an alcoholic, you know. And then like the first time I got fucked up, I I I understood. Like it just made sense. I'm like I fucking get it now, you know. Like I feel like I feel comfortable in my own skin. Like my whole life I walked around feeling like I was like in I don't know how to explain it. Like I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Like oh, I would do anything and everything to feel somewhat normal. On my daughter's 21st birthday, no bullshit. She called me on her 21st birthday about 10 o'clock. And she's like, Dad, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. I talked so much shit about you being drunk my whole life. Oh. I'm right now. I love you, baby. You're not driving, right? She's like, no, I love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> You're gonna feel like shit in the morning, baby. You're gonna feel like shit in the morning. Yeah, I, I totally feel that for sure. Hey, I so when I was doing a little background research on you, um, your birthday is two days after mine. October You're Libra. 4th, yeah, I'm October fourth. Yeah, yeah. You're October sixth. That's awesome. I don't really yeah. meet many Libras. Like Libras in the world, baby. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's see. Cardi B's a Libra. Snoop Dogg's a Libra. Really? Oh yeah, Eminem's a Libra. Wayne's a Libra. I think Martha Stewart's a Libra. I think Oprah's isn't, a Libra. Isn't fucking, uh, who's that dumb bitch with the big ass that's famous for no reason? Oh, my God. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I went through about, I, nowadays, I went through about, I went through about 9, 11, 12, 13, I was like, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Too many of them. I'm like, there's so fucking many. And I'm like, they're the original one. <laughs> I, 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 I could do that whole shit that happened in fucking uh, 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 Crossville a few about uh, six months ago, where I pissed off everybody for saying the word cut. But let me talk about <laughs> let me talk about one of them Kardashians and watch me get canceled. Like, like the whole your your, your show would just end. It would just end. <laughs> yeah, but like, little white, you lost little white. <laughs> Hey, so who were all those people you were threatening on that post you made? You're like, now that I'm sober, I'm gonna get your ass. And I'm like, ooh, what is he talking about? Watch out, motherfucker. Hey man, anybody that, that that's had a problem with me, they're gonna see this year. They don't want no problem with this guy. I'm no longer standing like, no, I'm not on way. drugs. No, I'm yeah. really fucking crazy. Exactly. People don't get how crazy you are when you're not on drugs. That's what I'm saying. They don't know who they're fucking with. You got to think. That was crazy then. Like, I, was, I was so fucked up when I was fucked up. Yeah. I, I created Lil White. Like, I created that guy up here. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that was throughout years of rapping. But once that that uh, that uh that image of Lil White, the party animal, it just... It was weird. It was like I felt like I had to to constantly live up to it all the time. Yeah, I had to I had to live up to their reputation. So it was like yeah. you know, so now when I go do shows and like I walk out on stage and the first thing I tell them is like, hey, I'm sober. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be passing. That's me. awesome. Honestly, that's really cool that you can actually like 
You know what I mean? Like I used to use so many drugs in your music. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's there's a lot of people that's in every crowd that are like, "Hey, man, I'm four years clean off of this, and I'm four years." Yeah. And and people come up and talk about it, and it, and I'm I'm open to more for you know it's it's part of that. Uh, I guess I'm doing my service, you know, and I'm not yeah, even trying totally. to it just because I feel like I should. Just being a, a li literal living example, which is super exactly. fucking dope. And it's hard cool. shit. Some of our fucking greats have been dropping like flies because yeah, so many, like all of them, have yeah. died of either like. If it wasn't addiction, it was like suicide because yeah. they just couldn't handle. And the suicide was, it's like, if the, if, the, if the root of like addiction, it really isn't the drugs that is the issue. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, it, yeah. It's really like the, you don't know how to deal with your own trauma. You don't know how to deal with your own mental illness. You're, you're trying to like cope with like, um, you know, whatever you went through as a child or like whatever it is in the, in the drugs and alcohol are just a symptom of that, you know? Right. Exactly. So yeah. expect this is my sober song. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lamb? What the fuck was that? Uh, phone? My phone has down. a my phone has a ringtone. Oh, it's, like, it's, it's a like goat. A you. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's a goat. <laughs> hey man, look. Don't hate on my ringtone because I'm the goat. <laughs> But no, man, um, it's just, you know, it's a whole new, it's a whole new start for him. It's like I told him before you, before you came on, it's just like a, it's just a whole new chapter. I'm, I'm ready to attack. Yeah. I'm ready to attack it. And I was telling him that I got one court, one more court day and I'm hoping this ankle monitor comes off. And if it does, it's just going to, I feel like it's going to release this beast that I just finally got control of. Yeah. That's, I'm so proud of you. Like it's, it's you. one addict to another. Like it is so fucking hard. Well, I mean, and, and <laughs> I mean, I tell even if it was like you getting an ankle monitor that, that made you get sober, like every everybody's path is different. And like you know, different. for me, when I got clean, like I had my own personal like crazy awakening, and it, and it was just like I could never see things the same again. You know what I mean? And I realized like holy shit, like I've been wasting so many years just getting high. Like not doing yeah. anything, like just wasting my potential. And I'm like, I have so much fucking potential. I'm so talented. I have so many different talents. And I spent so many years literally just waking up, getting money just to get drugs so I could get high. And, and that was like literally just my entire fucking existence. And it, it kind of trips me out, like looking back and being like, oh my God, like that was, that was my life, bro. Like it's fucking, it's a trip. <laughs> like really is. So I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I'm proud of you too. Like seriously, man. Aww. Like I, I tell all the fans, man. I'm. I, I feel like, um, kind of like what Jelly said. Jelly said it perfectly, and I've, I've said it before too. Like, uh, we were a part of the problem, being mm. him being an ex drug dealer and me being a guy that just glorifies getting completely plastered. But now I'm, I'm older, and I want to be part of the solution. And there's nothing wrong. Yeah. With it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. You grow, you evolve. You you know what I mean? We're constantly, if you're not evolving, then, you know, there's something, you know, wrong at that point, I think. And after, after a while, it's like you, you go through your twenties or thirties, like forties, however old, like it, it takes, however long it takes for you to get clean. And you just realize like, 
what am I, like, I have so much influence. Like, what am I doing with it? It's like, you know what I mean? When you have that much influence, you, you have a lot of power and you could either kind of like just fuck it off and do whatever, or you could like use it to change the world. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, what are you going to, are you going to look back at your life and be like, wow, I actually made a difference in people's lives, you know? Yeah. I mean, fuck, Jelly was just in front of the goddamn Congress talking in the White House. and shit. like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. That's crazy. And look, you know what's so funny is like I we had already been you know planning this whole the White House. I'm, I've been changing my whole I'm changing my whole uh, approach at this next chapter. Like I've changed the website to the Whitehouse.com. I'm fixing to do like a whole campaign on this next album. Nice. That's I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm gonna have yard signs that are just in random people's yards. And yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have fucking, I'm gonna have crews that go out and just fucking stick them in people's yards, just go right around like, where the fuck are these coming from? And, and of course, it's all gonna be a joke. But yeah, I, I'm gonna run for president of the rap game. I'm running for, and I'm naming the new white album. Uh, the new album's called New White Order, and I'm finished. Nice. Oh no! I mean, it's a new chapter for me too. It's like it has yeah. a lot of meaning. And I was gonna name uh, my last album New White Order, and I had some. Like, is that like a spinoff of New World Order? Oh, of course. It's also, okay. But it's my, it's my New World Order for myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna play it and run with it. You know what I mean? It's and it's an nice. election. It's an election year, man. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. For Fuck. sure. Yeah, that's why. Oh, and by the way, I got Lil White for president pins on my website right now. That's awesome. Hell yeah. I don't see any around here. But <laughs> saw on Instagram. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. It looked cool. Um, somebody was saying you need to do a song with Paul Wall, but I think you already did. Didn't you, didn't you, didn't you do that? I got a candy. Other song. You've done a couple songs with him, right? Uh, that was actually just a sample of him. He, it, was, it, was, it was actually a sample from a 3-6 song he was on. Um, oh, okay. It's so funny. They said that, though. Um, one of my... Uh, 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 best friends in the world like sent me a text yesterday and he was like bro you should do a song with paul i was like shit me and we've talked about it like every time we see each other we, we see each other maybe like twice a year just some random show we'll both be at or something and uh when we were in uh last time i saw him out we, we were talking about it and then we he's just so busy and i'm i'm on one side he's on the other side but i this year is the year that when all these people tell me they want to hear features i've done i've done kind of Kept it 100 with so many people for so fucking long. I'm I'm cool with everybody, man. So it's one of the things where if I hit somebody up and I'm like, hey, man, I want to get you on this project. They're like, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. And it's I, this album I'm fixing. I'm going to stunt. I'm going to hit a few buttons that I've been, I've been holding on to for a few years. Buttons that motherfuckers be like, damn, I can't believe White pushed the bat that button. Like, oh yeah, that go, 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 go. <laughs> it all goes back. It all goes back to the White House shit. Like when I say I'm finna push a button, I'm finna drop a bomb, and it's fixing to be a song that somebody's gonna be like, holy shit, I had a fuck the little White and this person get on this track, and it's it's gonna be like, dude, I've had connections for 20 years. I'm just yeah. I'm just not sober enough to use them. <sighs> Yeah, right, you knew that right. Long, man. Like you started off at three six. I mean, you like the the albums of Jelly Roll. I mean, those are some of the biggest artists on earth, man. And then all the samples on your new album and stuff. I mean, you pretty much, I mean, you pretty much performed with all the biggest rappers on earth at this point already. So I'm excited to see what else is to come. You know, I mean, I, yeah, like, uh, me too. I'm excited yeah, to see that. I am, oh, man. I, I really am too, for sure. Well, I don't keep it too much, man. I usually try to keep these about an hour or so. Uh, but yeah, no. If you guys, if you, if you got any promo you want to throw on through before, I mean, obviously we touched a lot of stuff too, and I'll put the whitehouse.com link back up. But yeah, uh, man, the new album is, uh, you know, it's like I said, hard copies, autographed, are available on whitehouse.com. 
That's the only place you can get them right now. Whitehouse.com. Uh, W-Y-T-E house.com. Now, there's no H. People do this shit all the time. I don't know. It's been 20 years, man. Jesus. Uh, and what's even funny is my wife's name's a Cohen and don't have an H in it either, goddammit. Um, <laughs> new album. <laughs> the new album is, it, it, remember these? Look at these. I did this for a reason. It's a goat on a boat. <laughs> the goat on a boat. I'm the goat. Justin Times the boat. He's the best of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Justin Times versus Lil White is out on WhiteHouse.com. It will be out digitally in about two weeks. I'm not sure the exact date because I'm just bad with all that crap. I just <laughs> I, I look at the White. I'm like, I'm thinking of fucking dangerous right now. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, when I'm posting something, I'm asking her half of it. Like what? <laughs> like whenever I got to do a show drop or something, I'm, I dude, I have to do like twenty takes. I'm like, all right, this Saturday, guys, it's your boy Lil White. We're gonna be, and I'm like, fuck, it's the name of that goddamn club again. But um, yeah, so I mean, all shit, all stuff uh, having to do with me, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't do TikTok. I mean, I've got a TikTok page, but I just, I can't get. I just, I don't. They're like, dude, the algorithm. So yeah, whatever, cool, okay, whatever. <laughs> when the, yeah, when they went when. <laughs> When it when when the shit hits the fan, it's man, it's that's a whole nother yeah. podcast. That's a whole yeah, podcast. yeah, right. <laughs> all I've been doing for the last eight months of sobriety is just like catching up on all this fucked up shit going on in the world. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. New white order it is. Mm. Well, man, you're an absolute legend. I appreciate you coming on here. And like if you ever want to come back, obviously yeah. you're welcome back, man. Uh, yeah, I, man. like uh, yeah, everybody yeah, check out his album and uh Get the new album and get every album he's ever owned. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. Thank y'all, man, for real, man. Thank and, uh, you. Yeah, thank you for coming anybody on. Out there, if anybody out there has got some problems and y'all are feeling suicidal or fucking, you know, you got some problems, fucking, man, call somebody, make some phone calls. Yeah. In somewhere, get some help. It's okay. I got help, motherfucker. If little white can get sober, anybody can. Trust me. Yes, I love that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Thank y'all, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, you can check out. We'll be back next week. Uh, I think it's the last interview of the week. So, I mean, went out. I won't be asleep next time. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nikki will make it next time. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. Thank you, little wife, for being on here. Thank you, Nikki, for jo joining us. And uh, yeah. yeah. Whitehouse.com. Bye. Bye.